Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning already. We thank you that even just a few minutes in your presence is so refreshing, so uplifting, so life-transforming. So, Father, as we hear your word today, what you would say to us today, that our lives would be transformed, that we would see ourselves differently, that we would see others differently, that we would know truly who you are and what you've done for us. So, Father, I just pray that every person here, in person, every person watching online, every person listening to this sometime in the future, that each of us will have an illumination of your word, something specific for us to take away with today, something specific for us. We thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of a series, and we're calling that series Death to Life, and we started it off at the beginning of April with an amazing time of water baptism. For those who were here, we had an amazing, amazing time. It was such a great time of celebration. Uh, We also continued that series through Easter, and we talked about what Jesus has done on the cross, and that he truly, he paid it all for us to go from death to life. What he did on that cross was it. And then last week, if you weren't here, I, say, I really encourage you maybe to go back and listen to uh, the message from last week. But it was de- talking about the reconciliation of our relationship with ourselves. The reconciliation of the relationship with ourselves. And too often we would walk around each and every day beating ourselves up. And saying things that are not true about ourselves, although they may seem true. And we continue to beat ourselves up and to walk in ourselves. And quite frankly, many of us walk around not liking ourselves. And what the, what the Bible says is that before we can even begin to love someone else, before we can even begin to understand love for somebody else, we have to first understand God's love for us. And when we understand God's love for us, we can begin to understand how he sees us. And when we change how we see ourselves in the mirror, we begin to change the fact that we can truly love ourselves. Not in a weird way or an awkward way, but we can truly begin to accept ourselves and love ourselves in the only reason being because of who he is. And we begin to understand what he has said about us. And I had mentioned that uh, song... And we didn't say much about the song last week, and we kind of put it on Facebook. It says, you say, this is one of the the chorus of of the song, You Say by Lauren Daigle. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. See, think. That's not who you are. It's what you're thinking you are. You say I am held when I am falling short. 
And when, and when I don't belong, you say, I am yours. I am yours. That's what he says about us. And so this morning, I want to continue this series because I want to talk about our relationship with others. And many of you, if I would have sent out a Facebook message and said that Pastor Jason is going to challenge each and every one of you in your relationships and how you deal with each other and how you begin a reconciliation with others and what that process looks like, probably a lot of you might have been like, "Ah, I think I don't want to go to church today. (laughs) This is probably the message in which I don't get a whole lot of amens, hallelujah, Praise Jesus. Yes, I would love to go reconcile with that person that I don't want to talk to and I don't like every time I see them. But this is one of those messages. And the reason being is because of what the series says is what we want as a staff and as a team, we want you to move from death to life in every area of your life. Death to life first and foremost with our relationship with God. And how to do that is we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We make that confession with our mouth. We believe in our hearts that he is who he says he is. He did what he says that he did. And we believe and we receive. We are forever changed. We are forever moved from death to life. And before we begin to even understand how to relate to this world, we have to relate to ourselves and understand how, who who does God say that I am? Where is my identity? This is last week's message. Where is my identity wrapped up in? Is it of something of this world or is it of something of his kingdom? Who does he say that I am? Moving from death to life in how we see ourselves. And we joked a little bit last week that if we would treat our neighbors, the Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we walked around treating our neighbors the way we treat ourselves, we would be like the worst possible neighbors you could ever imagine. They would make TV shows about us. People would walk out and be like, oh my goodness, that thing does not look good on you at all. Who says that to their neighbor when they walk out? Right? Nobody talks that way. But we talk to ourselves every time we look in the mirror or every time we have a thought that is not of God in what we say about ourselves. So we have to love ourselves before we can love our neighbors. And today I want to talk about how we can have strong relationships with others. I want to give this message today for a few reasons. Number one, because I love you. Church, because I love you. And I understand that day in and day out when we are having a relationship problem on this earth, not with our Heavenly Father, but a relationship challenge on this earth, it is difficult. And quite honestly, it seems to be all-consuming. And we can't even think straight, we can't act straight. If Liz and I are in a disagreement, or we're having an argument, it's like I physically, I can't do anything else. And I try to tune out, I try to go somewhere else and watch Netflix or do all these coping mechanisms that we all have, but the Bible clearly says what we need to go do to be able to reconcile with someone else. So one, because I love you. Two, because I want you healed and whole. And so many times there's things, there's sin that is blocking our healing and wholeness in our life. And many times it's because we have bitterness and anger towards somebody else. Bitterness and anger in our hearts against someone. And you know what? Science has proven that cancer actually has an open door into our physical bodies through bitterness and anger. It's not the only way, but this is one of the ways that it comes. 
And so I love you so much that I don't want you to be physically ill. And we need to understand this as a church, how to relate to others. And this may take a couple weeks to get through, I'm going to be honest. In fact, next week is Mother's Day. And so what mother doesn't want reconciliation for her children to God, to themselves, and to others? Yes? I mean, every mom wants this. So this may be continued next week. I'm telling you right now, because I believe it's so important that we have to get this. And the third one, not any less important than the others, but I truly believe that when there is unity in the church, when there is unity amongst believers, not in just even relationships within a family, but relationships within the church body, the door is open for revival to happen. The door becomes open for revival to happen because what the enemy wants is division. He wants to divide the vision. It doesn't want us to come together. Do you know how much powerful and stronger we are as a church when we come together? The thing is that one plus one does actually not equal two. So all the kids left, so I can say this, so that they're not truly like, oh, Pastor Jason said one plus one does not equal two, and I filled that out on my test, and, and if you tell me it's wrong, teacher, but my pastor said it's right. No, one plus one is more than two. Because when we come together, unified as a church, when we start to develop a unified body of Christ with every gifting, every person working where they're working, together as a whole, it's more powerful. Together, the sum is greater than adding up all the parts. It's a greater, a greater number when you put it all together. And I truly believe that revival will come to this church. So church number one, get ready. But two, we have to begin to position ourselves to get ready for that. And part of that is unity in the faith with each other. Not only just within our family structure, but in others. So this is why we want to talk about this. The Bible says a lot about reconciling with others. We've heard scriptures and things people said like, be angry and do not sin. Like, whoa, is that in the Bible? It is. Be angry? Is this okay? Can I? Can I I not? We're going to talk about that. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to reconcile with every single person before the the sun goes down? Guess what? We've all messed up on this one. We've all messed up on this one. What do we do with these scriptures? How do we do this? Forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Oh, wait a second. Forgive one another as I have forgiven you, is what Jesus says. Forgive one another. How many times have we messed up? More than we all can count on our hands and fingers and toes and then some. We have all messed up many, 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 many times and he has forgiven us. And the Bible says, why do we walk around not forget? That doesn't mean you have to accept what they've done. That doesn't mean you have to say, oh yeah, that's great, go ahead and do that again. No, 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 no. When there is abuse and there are things happening in your life, the Bible does not say you have to stay and continue to be abused. Again, I'm not going to get a ton of amens here today. Amen. Church, listen to me. But we still have to be able to learn how to forgive. And we need to understand how to relate with others. The Bible also says that woe to him through whom offenses come. Yikes. But the Bible also says endure to the end. Do not be weary of doing good. 
humble ourselves. Death and life and the power of the tongue. What I find interesting in Mark 11, 23 through 25, we talk a lot about this scripture. And we talk a lot about God moving mountains and doing amazing miracles in our life and what he wants to go do. But the rest of that scripture says, and if you stand praying, forgive those who have hurt you. Forgive those and what they've done to you. And it's almost like saying, yeah, we can answer this prayer, but there's some things you got to go do. There's some forgiveness that has to happen. So turn your Bibles to Ephesians 4. I want to walk through, before we talk about how to reconcile, I want to give you guys some scriptural kind of backing and some background of what is it on how can we walk in unity. Because if we get a hold of this, there's so many things that we will have avoided in the future. If we can get a hold of how we can walk in unity with each other, we can avoid much of the reconciliation that has to happen later. So first I want to talk about how can we be in unity with each other, both in our relationships with each other, our relationships with others outside of our family. So starting in verse 1 says, I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called. Worthy of the calling in which you were called. Basically what this says to me is that we have to walk differently than the world walks. We have to act differently than the world acts. The calling that God has put on our life to be sons of God. He's telling us the calling is that we are his hands and his feet on this earth. If we are to be his hands and his feet and we are directly connected with him who's sitting in heaven and we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, then we, to walk worthy of our calling, we cannot walk like everybody else. We cannot be normal. We, as those who have made Jesus our Lord and Savior and are walking around, we can no longer walk around being normal. It's almost not possible. When we truly get a revelation of what Jesus Christ has done in our life, what he has done for us, when we realize what he did for us, it is nearly impossible in my, in my eyes and my mind to walk the same way anymore. It's a transformed life. Verse 2, how do we do this? With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Oh boy. I can read it again. I can read it even slower if you want. With all lowliness, which is humility, and gentleness, with long-suffering, patience, Bearing with one another. That means you're sticking it out with one another. You're bearing with one another. Our relationships that God has created and put us together for, we are bearing with one another in love. Lowliness means humble, means walking in humility. To me, this means from a relationship standpoint, to understand that I don't see myself any better than anybody else. People have issues. People have gone through things. I, I, can't, I can't sit there and judge everything that they've gone through. So if I'm going to walk in humility, I'm going to see that person for who God, as God sees that person. 
I don't know their background or what they went through or why they're lashing out or why they're acting the way that they're acting. Or there's, oh, there's this, all this obvious sin in their life and they're doing this and they're walking in fear and they're this and they're yelling at their kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go judge that. I'm going to bear with one another in love because I want to see that person as God sees them. And we, if we want to have a strong relationship with one another, we need to see that other person as God sees them. Not as the person that pushes your buttons. In fact, if you take anything away this morning, I'd like you to take away that when someone does the proverbial pushing the button, how about there's no reaction? How about there's no reaction? It's like when someone comes to my door, and someone, like if if UPS comes to my door, we have a lot of young children in my house. Okay, when UPS comes to the door, for whatever reason, they ring the doorbell when they, drop the, when they drop off the package. And maybe that's so someone doesn't come to the door and take it. Maybe it's just because they want to know. But I'll tell you what it does is it stirs the house up. Okay, much like when someone pushes your button, the proverbial push, it begins to stir you up. And we begin to get all worked up. I'm telling you, when the, when the doorbell rings, kids jump up. They could have been reading quietly. There's running going, what if it's Uncle Bill and Aunt Betty? What if it's this? What if it's that? We have two doorbells for two different doors. Which door was it? I couldn't hear it. Maybe they're ringing. And literally, there are people running all over the house. And chaos has ensued because the UPS person's been, ding dong, rang the doorbell. Why do they ring the doorbell? I don't know, but they do it, and it creates this thing. And I was thinking about it. What if I took the battery out of the ringer? And when they, huh, nothing happens. And she's not going to, it's a she, our UPS. If she's not going to stand there and keep going, mm, let, me see, let me wait for some kind of ringing to happen. Oh, nothing's happening. She's going to walk away. What the Bible is telling us here is when we bear with one another in love, when we are showing gentleness and kindness and lovingness towards other people and we see them as God sees them, we begin to have the ability to not, when the doorbell rings, to start going running around, getting all wild. We have an opportunity not to do that when we see people as God sees them. The word gentleness here. Fathers, this is for you. Again, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of amens here. The reason the word says, do not exacerbate your children. You know what that means? It means to make things worse. If we as fathers are walking with humility, in gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with our children in love... Bearing with our spouses in love, husbands, if you are walking day in and day out, bearing with your wives in love and in patience and in gentleness, I can tell you what, we are not making the problem worse. We are only helping the problem. We're only able to begin to see reconciliation. You know, society says men are either one or two things. If you look at all the media and all things, either we're these blazing cowboys that blow everything up or we're a bunch of idiots. And I can tell you that we're not either, really. We are a child of God. And we are able to walk in leadership, but with humility and gentleness and love and of kindness. And if somebody would say that and read those words, like, well, that's not a man. A man needs to be tough 
and like John Wayne and blow things up and yell at people. And that's, look, I yell at my children all too much. In fact, yesterday, I think I did like three times. Liz is like trying to correct it. And I'm like, and by the way, you need to. I was like, what? And she's like, what are you doing? Like, I got this covered. And she's right. But, you know, it's like, I'm the, I'm the dad and I must come in with some, you know, fatherly figure and put my foot. Where does the Bible say to do that? It says, train up the child in the way they should go. Don't spare the rod. It doesn't say that we are not disciplining our children. But where does it say, yell at your children? Scream at them. Where does it say, yell at your wife and belittle them? Wives, where does it say to to not honor your husband? It doesn't. If we would walk in our relationships as the Bible teaches us, we can avoid having to go do a whole bunch of reconciliation. This is where I'm going. There's so many things we can walk if we would change our mindset on who the person is that we're relating to. They are a child of God. You want to mess with a child of God? Amen, that's right. (laughs) Long-suffering, patience, as people are growing. People are on a journey. And we expect too many times for them to accelerate in this journey and be somewhere where they're not just quite there yet. And we get frustrated, like with our children. Like, why would I think Ruby, who was here, is going to be as spiritually mature as my 17-year-old? Why would I think that? But we go around in life and we just we assume people should be a certain way and they're not, and then we're offended by it. And we're upset by it. The Bible tells us not to do that. Bearing with one another. In love. In love. Not when they're perfect. It doesn't say that, well, as long as they're perfect, bear with them in love. Well, that would be easy. We could do that. That would be easy, but that's not what it says. The Bible says, what is love? It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. is not provoked. Thinks no evil. This is a big one. Thinks no evil. Not only do, they, do you not speak the evil... But you're not even thinking the evil when we're walking in love. And church, the only way we can do this is with God's help. This is not something we can do. Oh, I'm just going to make a decision and I'm just never going to do that anymore. No, we need God's help, his power, his Holy Spirit power to be able to walk in love in our relationships. Thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears, again, here we go, love, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. In verse 3, back to Ephesians 4, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit, together. God wants unity amongst believers. God wants unity amongst families. This is what he desires. This is what he wants because he understands that one plus one is more than two. When we gather together, we can be more powerful and do more impact for his kingdom than when we are separate. This is true as a family structure and it is true as a church. We can do more together. It says, in the bond of peace, a bond is something you're obligated to. Could we all walk around being obligated to peace? 
oblig- the bond of peace. When you're, there's a bond, you're obligated to pay it. You're obli- it's a bond. You're something you have to go do. You have to make payable on the bond. So same thing in the bond of peace. We have to walk through our lives being bonded to peace. Bonded to peace. Verse 4 says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This is the key to it. This is how we do any of the other stuff that came before it. We have to understand that we are one with him. We cannot do this without him. In one accord with him, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it without that help. One body, one accord. And I'm going to end there this morning, and Russ, if you want to come back up, because there's a whole lot more things that we want to get into, and I want to get into those in the following weeks. But the next portion of Scripture goes on to talk about the fivefold ministry gifts. He's given some to be apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and all these things, all the offices or the ministries to the church. And the reason those are there is for the edification and the building up of the church. And the edification and the building up of the church is meant for the unity of the church. And so everything that we're going to look at, both today and next week and the following weeks, is all about unity in Him. What He has done. And how we can walk in unity with each other. And before, before we close, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm always the how, girl. Mm. Just tell me how. Tell me how. And I can't even begin to tell you how much this man has helped me to grow in this area. Um, and as he was teaching so well, um, there's a couple things. I was waiting for him to say this phrase. This is our phrase, grace and space. When you love someone, you think the best of them. If you've come up through life in a rough situation, you don't think the best of people. People are a threat. What are they going to take from me? How are they going to hurt me? I better get mine. I've got to get mine. Um, In ways that you don't even realize. And he taught me, we taught each other really in in different seasons about grace and space. Sometimes if someone acts in a way that is not okay, it's not okay, but you know that person. I know, I know her. She's my friend, and I know that she wouldn't hurt me on purpose. So I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait, and I'm going to pray for her. One, I'm going to be sure that there's no bitterness there. If I can't let it go, if, I, if it's nagging me and nagging me, well, then I might have to go to her, and I might have to talk with her. But if I really can give her space and grace, she is very likely that she will come back and say, oh my gosh, I was just so snippy the other day. I'm so sorry. And there it is. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to, we say it, drag them to the line. You know, don't, don't draw me right up to the line. It's almost like a, a dog like putting their nose in it. Like, oh, you're not being Christ-like. I really don't need you to point that out at the moment. I'm fully aware. <laughs> And if, and if I, if, and he's so good, if he just gives me a couple minutes 
sometimes a half hour, I will come back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I snapped at you. Here was what was really going on. It wasn't about you. It was about this other thing. So that's another, that's another small thing. Um, I needed practice on protecting my buttons. And my goal is to not have any buttons. My, you know, no one can push my buttons. I want to be fully in Christ in control my own self. doesn't matter what anyone says or does. And that's, I'm on my way. You know, we're all in a process. But I had a lot of buttons at certain points in my life. Um, at certain points in my life, post-baby, whew, nothing but buttons. <laughs> you know, because you're dealing with hormones and all kinds of stuff. So um, I did, I learned this thing. And he didn't, I don't think you told me. Um, someone like cut us off in traffic once. And we're talking like 15 years ago. And oh, do I get mad? <laughs> if you don't know how to drive right, you shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> and he said, you know, maybe that woman just got word, you know, that her child's in the hospital. Maybe that woman is going through a divorce. Maybe she's hurting. You don't know why she just did that. And I began a practice of telling a story. If a stranger, this, this is more for strangers, but I had a stranger problem. If they're not competent, they shouldn't be in the job. Like, <laughs> just... Thank you, Jesus, for working in me. Um, if someone messed up my order, if someone was just less than perfect, um, I would tell myself a story in order to evoke grace. Like, and it just, now I don't have to even do that anymore. I can just say, Lord, just be with, this, be with that woman. She was really rude to me, and I don't know what her problem was, but just bless her. Um, better yet, now that we're growing on the journey, when I see someone struggling, either close to one of my kids, my husband struggling, I pray first, Lord, what does he need? Does he need truth spoken to him? Because I'm good at that. I can do that. Does he need grace and space? Usually. Does he need to be babied? He really likes that. Oh, honey. Well, it's a mess. That's most of the time. Yeah. It isn't most of the time. But sometimes, honestly, he just needs a little bit of extra Make the kids go away and just let him get all the attention for a minute. Um, but the Holy, it's, a, it's this relationship with the Holy Spirit and how we grow in, um, in how we deal with others. And the starting point, the starting point for my journey was just that knee-jerk response, that knee-jerk, it's a reaction. And I was trained up in it. So I've learned how to give grace to myself. That's me giving grace to myself. I was trained up in it. But when I had the opportunity to begin to grow, I wanted to grow. I had a really good example of a healthy person, emotionally healthy person who genuinely just saw the best in people. Um, and so when, and when I was provided the opportunity to grow, and you know what that means? That means trouble. I had lots of opportunities to grow. But, I mean, some days I failed, and I yelled at the pharmacy lady. I mean, I have literally yelled at people in stores. I started really not good. But, boy, I've, I've grown to the point where... I get up to that semi-incompetent person at the return counter at a particular store, and I say, that's a big line, you're having a rough day, and they're just like, yeah. And I give them friendship or grace. I've grown. And in that moment, do you know who I, how I feel on the inside? I glorify God. I do, because I know where I started. And I know it's by him that I've grown. Um, so it just feels like a little bit of a miracle. So grace and space, just that idea... We all give up. We want grace and space from other people. So it's giving grace and space to those people around us. Telling myself a story, telling ourselves a story that help us to love. And then also that forgiveness is a process. It's true. It's a process. 
And this, the whole, don't go to, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. There's so many times where we haven't been getting along at bedtime, but I just want to go to sleep and he wants to go to sleep. It's a checking in like, okay, we can talk about it tomorrow. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding bitterness. I'm not letting the sun go down on my wrath, meaning I'm keeping the wrath in. I'm tucking it in, right? The sun go down, you tuck in. I'm not tucking in my anger. I'm not tucking in my bitterness. I'm not actually having any bitterness. I have like a bitterness radar. It's like cockroaches. Get it out of the house. Don't mess with it. If you saw, if I saw even a half a cockroach, man, I'd be calling someone with chemicals. (laughs) Spray it up. That's like bitterness. But sometimes we tuck it in. We tuck it in because either we feel like it makes us a bad Christian. Please. Like, or it makes us a bad person. No. It's like bitterness, like cockroaches. Get it out of the house. Um, But forgiveness is a process. So talk about it with the Lord. Talk about it with the Lord. If we've gone to bed and we're just not in unity yet, at some point you got to go to bed. But we're not in unity. I fall asleep praying. I do. I'm just like, all right, Lord, just help me to resolve this and to give where I need to give and to hold firm where I need to hold firm. Sometimes a lady's got to hold firm. And sometimes she needs to give a little. And sometimes a man's got to hold firm. And sometimes he's got to give a lot, a little. Um, so it's just that conversation with the Lord. It's true. So these are the things that I just, as, as you were teaching, That's I was good. waiting for you to say the grace and space. I said, surely he's got that in his notes. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's wonderful. I come here and I learn from him. I don't get like first dibs. I don't read his sermons. I don't look at his teachings. Because I just love how God pours out a word for this church. And so, P.S., I love you all too. We pray for you guys. We care about you guys. And you know, um, at transition service, I I stood up here and the Lord told me, you're a mom. And the kind of mom I am is I am protective and I am honest and I am affectionate. Um. So that honesty, that's what this message is. And this is how we train up our kids because it's for your good. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, have you ever seen a toddler trying to work out like how to walk, especially if there's obstacles in the way? They fall down so many times. Because we've never gotten mad at our babies a single time for falling. And we won't get mad at you. God's not mad at us for the journey. He's not mad at us for not growing ever, ever. He doesn't ever tisk, tisk, tisk. You should be farther along by now. That's not him. He doesn't talk that way. So That's good. <clears throat> well, I want to pray for you tonight or this morning. Just close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or to do anything. I just want to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we just, Father, we speak life over this congregation. We speak life to these families represented here. We speak against the enemy and say you have to go in Jesus' name. Father, we speak against bitterness, against strife, and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we speak unity and wholeness and restoration of relationships to you, with ourselves, and with others. So, Father, I thank you for who you are and the power of your resurrection.
that we have access to the saving grace that you've provided. So Father, I pray that each of us will be able to walk with grace and space for each other, for grace and space for ourselves as we walk on this journey of becoming more and more like you. And I just thank you, Father, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. And you are always with us. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Small group leaders, if you want to come up here, uh, we will be up here for prayer. If you've got a prayer request or a need in your life or you want to have prayer for healing or maybe you're having a relationship challenge and you just want to have someone to pray with you for that, we will be waiting up here for you and we'll pray with you. Otherwise, you are dismissed and we will see you soon. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.